Studio Stories, Studio Stories. A podcast reminiscing on Twin Cities dance history. All stories are connected, new ones woven from threads of the old. Hi, I'm Matthew Jindusky. Welcome to Studio Stories. Before we get to our guest today, I'd like to let you know about Arena Dance's Instinct Movement Intensive. This year with Shane Larson of the Bilty Jones Arnie Zane Dance Company. Please join us August 15th through the 20th. More information at arena-dances.org. Today our guest to share a bit of their studio stories is Shane Larson. Shane is a BFA dance graduate from NYU's Tisch School of the Arts and a company member of Bilty Jones Arnie Zane Dance Company, now for seven years. Uh, welcome, Shane. Hello. <laughs> Well, it, it's awesome to have you here, Shane, with us. This is fun for me as I'm a super fan of you since your high school days at the St. Paul Conservatory for Performing Artists uh, and getting to create, choreograph with you while while you were there and be a witness to your kind of your artistic directory. Honestly, it's been so nice. You've kind of continued connection with me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to learn even more of your history here and as a locally grown dancer and creator. Yes. Very, very locally grown. <laughs> well, uh, so how did you, how did you start dancing? Well, uh, you know, I'll tell you my mom's story and then I'll tell you what I think. Um, <laughs> but my mom, my mom's story is that, uh, when I was younger, I used to watch my sister in activities and apparently, um, we were at some sort of mall one day and, you know, they have those kind of stages, they'd have Queen of Choir concerts on them. And apparently I ran up to them and I just, I told my mom, I just, I want to be on the stage. So I'll give you, that's my mom's version. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I think is that um, I've, as a child and, and honestly, as an adult too, I'm realizing that focusing my, <laughs> my physical energy as a person is one of my biggest tasks in life and i think that movement was kind of the most cohesive way for me to be able to focus all of those things um i mean i i went to a dance studio when i was um younger and kind of you know did casually a few times a week but i didn't really get serious until i went to high school um because at that time i was like modern dance who you know i mean i had no idea um and getting to kind of open my eyes in high school was kind of a, a big game changer for me. And then I think I realized, wow, there's actually so much more to this for me to uncover. And it's it can be a much more uh, rich experience than I thought it could be. Hmm. And do you think that was because of like being able to express yourself in other ways. I know that you went to Larkin, right? This is, this is true. This is true. And it's funny because I, I tell people out here, it's like, yeah, I went to the studio called Larkin. They go, oh, you went to Larkin. Um, <laughs> so it is funny that it's has, and it's still kind of this, you know, notorious um, place. And, you know, I did, I did learn a lot about, um, you know, my work ethic as a performer, I think, and how I tend to um, approach learning, I think are some great skills that I learned from Larkin. Um, 
But when I got to St. Paul Conservatory, learning how to move my weight and space and learning about my body, I think it gave me even more control over those those, you know, my body and just space and, you know, space, time and energy. And um, I think having more control over those things was really powerful um, in, in a good way. I think that's something that helped uh, kind of launch me for. And especially when I met you there, um, that was the first real time when I think I had taken, um, you know, a modern dance class or taken an approach to modern dance that really allowed me to um, not only channel, but be kind of explosive with my energy um, and figure out how to really move through space, which is something as an adult, people have told me I'm very spatially aggressive. <laughs> I, I take that as a compliment, honestly. Um, I think that's one thing that I learned from music, how to really like drop my weight and how to really, you know, move, move my body through space. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. And I'm happy that I provided that in some way. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting, though, that you like how young were you when you started taking classes? Because I always think it's such I don't know. I, I too, uh, Shane, was watching my sister dance and I wanted to dance like um, and but yet I in my small town, I knew it was like, I can't do that as a boy and obviously I'm much older than you. So maybe time has changed a little bit when you were younger, but did you feel like pressure or bullied for being a male in dance or was it like, how was that for you? I mean, I think, you know, in, in general, um, I started at a very, uh, I think I probably started at like four or five. Um, but in general, in terms of my, talking about it outside of class, I think was pretty insular. I think I had so many other activities outside of me taking a few classes a week that maybe that's not something I was sharing a whole lot with other people. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I ever remember really getting bullied for it. I think for me, that was kind of, you know, <laughs> dirt off my shoulders. Um, but uh, yeah, I, sorry, I lost a little track of where I was going with that, but I think, um, I never, I don't think I really felt, um, pressure. I think because there were less, um, male identifying dancers, I think that's something that I actually took as an advantage rather than a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Definitely as I got older, when I was auditioning for, uh, college programs, I realized that if I had if I had the skill and the the drive to really go to really go there, that that would be um, that would be attractive to other, you know, to programs. And that's something I can use for my advantage is my um, how my identity fits in the dance community. Nice. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like also. Like, how did you did you choose to go to SPCPA and. And how did, yeah, how did you, even your high school, because I feel like there was, there's choices with that in a way. Because yeah. well, I feel like it was rather new at that time. Yeah, too. at the time, I think it was in its four, fourth or, I'm pretty sure fourth or maybe fifth year. Um, and it was small enough that you would have to get in by lottery. So you kind of just 
apply and, um, you know, hope you get in. Um, but at the, at the time in middle school, I didn't really like anyone in my middle school. Sorry if anyone from my middle school hears this, but, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, they kind of split you up. Oh, if you're going to this school, like go to this orientation. And I remember going into the office and saying, um, I'm actually not going to either of those schools <laughs> before I even knew that I was going to get in <laughs> just because I was oh my so, gosh. like, so determined that I was going to get, that I was going to go do this thing that I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, even before I got in, I didn't even know if I wanted to go for musical theater or I even thought maybe theater would be fun. Or um, I had a, a really strong interest in um, sound design as well. And so I thought, oh, maybe I should try to, you know, channel some of that. Um, but mm -hmm. then once I got accepted, I thought um, as I was starting to get better for lack of a better word at um at moving my body i thought okay i think maybe i should try going into dance and trying to kind of like really you know solidify myself and um you know get myself going in that direction since i have some steam yeah i love it that you kept it open though in a way and you certainly have continued with like the sound design and mm -hmm. those aspects of of your interests there that's super cool that i don't know it just seems like shane you had kind of a, a clear vision in a way that i you know maybe maybe it's looking back on it now i don't yeah. know but <laughs> i think i think always through time I've, I've noticed this especially this year i think maybe because i'm i'm about to turn 30 so like everything you know becomes like an existential crisis so <laughs> i feel like I feel like what I'm noticing something that is really important for myself as a uh, as a human is that I have this um, need to create things all mm. the time, whether it's um, a dish that I'm preparing or whether it's how I decide I want to hang pictures on the wall or if it's I'm working on a video project or if I'm making uh, a phrase or a playlist for class. There's always something, some element of creation that I think is really important um, to my identity. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I would, I like to think of that way as well, like the purposeful and thoughtfulness of doing something. That's really cool. What, what, um, you had some great teachers at SPCPA and you and I discussed this previously, but yeah. there was a couple that really like, I feel you, you own or have shaped your kind of dance career ahead of you of, or like buying into it a little bit even more or something. Um, can you share a couple of people maybe that? Yes, I can, I can even name them. I can name them and quote them too. Um, <laughs> because I feel like they really did become pillars for me. Um, because I will, you know, because when I, I was at Larkin, when I got into the school and I was like, yeah, I'm at Larkin, I'm going to go to the dance program. And then, you know, they said, just kidding, level one. So I really, I think became very quickly humbled, uh, by the program, which was really amazing. Um, and my first experience was with, uh, Maggie Bergeron, shout out to Maggie Bergeron, um, who I think, I think her, her wit and also her, her work ethic and 
kind of her brightness of approaching movement education was something that even that at a younger age that I um, really appreciated, I think because of the teachers and the kind of experience I had in competitive dance that, that um, kind of joy and softness, I didn't really know was quite a thing outside of my other training. Um, also Colleen, uh, McClellan Uland, who is great. Uh, I just saw her for the first time in probably 11 years or something. And, um, one of my favorite things that she always used to say that I, I still say this in my head when I'm tired, she always used to say that energy makes energy. So whenever I'm tired, I say that to myself to try to kind of pull myself up. Um, and also Sarah Jacobs, um, someone who has such a generous amount of humor and is not afraid to be vulnerable in space. And, um, and also uh, Ang Harrod Davies, who I'm still in contact with quite a lot. Someone who also went to NYU and was connected to a lot of the people that I became connected with as an adult. And um, also whose movement style at the time was really... Um, I found it was just really um, elastic and, and bouncy and, and full and kind of um, unpredictable and also anecdotal in a certain sense um, that when I met her later in my time at SPCPA, that was kind of a fun little um, kind of dessert of the, of the meal of SPCPA. That was definitely like the dessert part. Now that I've tried all of the larger chunks and I get to the end and I kind of have more tools at my disposal and something that that her kind of class was something that I could really enjoy um, and appreciate. And of course, not to not to forget that meeting you um, during my J term there was probably the most uh, influential for me in general, just because of, you know, I was saying earlier, figuring out how to like like, how do I, you know, re releasing limbs? And I feel like um, in Minneapolis, release technique is something that is really strong. And even when I go back and teach, I'm, I feel like when I talk about releasing weight and, um, you know, in the skeleton, it's something that is really deep in a lot of uh, dancers' bodies. And um, that's something that I was like blown away with when, I took your class and also because you were a male as well. I was like, wow, this guy is like really in charge of like what he's doing. And he's like moving through space and he's turning and leaping, but it's, it's different. And like, I want to do that. And um, I remember during J term at the time um, I was really busy at, uh, at the studio as well. And I remember, I remember being backstage at the J term performance. And I remember thinking like, wow, how am I going to go back to this dance studio tomorrow? I just remember thinking, I just can't, I just couldn't even imagine myself walking in again. So yeah. <laughs> literally after the show, I called them and I said, I said, I'm sorry, but I, <laughs> I'm not coming anymore. So, um, so yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say also, Shane, like, you, I'm highly collaborative in my work. And you just had that, um, like eagerness and awareness to create and play with the movement and things, which I think, you know, at that young age, I was really 
surprised by and it was just so thrilling for me to see that and experience that like i feel like you naturally had like movement <laughs> like me in your body kind of a thing mm -hmm. um naturally and and the expressivity that you brought to it and the freedom of like playing with it um I don't know. I just feel like at that level, there's so few uh, people that that kind of feel that permission or freedom to do that. So that that's some gift you have. Thank you. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because I noticed when I was back in the fall touring with Bill in, in Minneapolis, and I spent a few days teaching at um, SPCPA. Uh, there was a few people in the class that I would be teaching something and they would kind of, um, you know, they'd want to add their own seasoning to it. And I would say, Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. I said, let's do that. Said, oh, what do you, what do you mean? I was like, well, you know, you're, you're playing with this movement and it's incredible. And, um, and I think, yeah, it's important to, and I'm, and I'm noticing that even more as I become an educator that it's, I think it's really important to honor those kinds of instincts um, because I think if they, if, if you don't water the seeds, it's not going to grow, you know? So I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's important, yeah, to really honor that kind of, um, that kind of attitude. Yeah. Well, so now thinking about high school, did you have the thought, um, upon graduation of like going directly into professional land as a dancer or? Were you like, okay, I need to do college first um, approach? Like, did you have that struggle? Gosh, I mean, you know, when you're 18 or 19, you're like, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> so I think at the time, um, I applied to a lot of different kinds of colleges, a lot of different kinds of dance programs because, yeah, I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do and at the time there was so much going on in the twin cities that i almost i was getting extreme fomo i think by applying to all these schools that were so far away it's like oh i don't want to i don't want to leave yet and like what if i leave and i miss something and um but i think that school ended up providing the right kind of structure i needed and um i mean this may kind of sound obvious but to me it was really an SPCPA part two, that when I got there, um, my, my lens definitely opened up even wider. Um, and that I think was, was really cool. I mean, it was really, it was NYU was ex very difficult. Um, especially as, you know, I mean, Minneapolis is big, but you know, you grow up kind of outside of the city or in a small town and, I had only been to New York city for maybe one or two days prior just to see the school. And after that, when I got accepted, I kind of just made the jump. Um, so it was really uh, quite difficult, but I think in that sense, it also became extremely um, rewarding. Yeah. I mean, to be in the, you know, what's considered the Mecca of dance, it really, you know, make, if you can make it there, you yeah. know, well, New York and yeah. I feel like it's honestly, it's the Mecca of everywhere. It's like, it's the Mecca of Asian food. It's the Mecca of sandwiches. It's the Mecca of museum. Like there's just so much going on here all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that is 
what makes the city amazing. And that's also what makes the city really challenging. Um, is yeah. there's, there's so much of everything. It's really uh, difficult to figure out how to navigate everything, um, regardless of what else you're doing in your life, you know. Completely. And I think it takes a, a very specific human to be, to be living there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so what was your training like at NYU? Just uh, maybe little highlights. I know I would imagine it's really intensive. Like, Yes, it is. Um, it is a conservatory style program. So uh, most days you have two technique classes, a break, an academic or two, and then you'll come back in the afternoon for like a composition class, um, an improvisational class, or maybe like dance history, um, you know, a light music theory class. And then if you're in a show um, at the school, then you're probably rehearsing at night as well. Um, which it's like, you know, you look back on it and you're like, I can't believe I did that. Um, cause it is quite mind boggling. Like the physical, the physical and mental intensity of the program, I think is quite mind boggling, but I think that's also why it produces some really in- incredible, um, movers. Cause I think it throws a lot at you all at once. And then it kind of forces you to filter everything out. Um, and I think that's also why it creates programs or it creates movers that are very um, individual. You know, we don't take, mm. I'm not taking a year of Horton, a year of Graham, um, you know, a year of Cunningham or something like that. We have a lot of a very diverse group of um, teachers. I did take um, Limon, a very, very heavily influenced uh, Limon class for my first semester, which was probably looking back at it, honestly, the most difficult class um, I've ever taken at that school. <laughs> um, but uh, later, I also did take um, a mostly Cunningham class from uh, someone named Rashawn Mitchell, um, who was very inspiring to me in my uh, later college days. Um, something that after I had recovered from a reconstructive surgery, I had that. Um, I saw Cunningham as kind of this new way to, you know, break apart the body and manipulate them, you know, either in tandem or, or separately. And I think that to me was kind of a hmm moment. And I think, um, ultimately that's would have, would have led me to Bill's kind of work anyways. Um, you know, this kind of, uh, release-based technique, but also a lot of diving into the architecture of the body and trying to um, manipulate things via tasks. And I think um, my training there, looking back at it, kind of <laughs> it kind of funneled me there um, in this very interesting, interesting way, uh, talking about it now. Yeah, interesting. And while at NYU, were you, was like the school just all the focus like you couldn't were you dancing as like a pickup dancer with outside of college no it was i mean you just go 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 and then you just hope that you sleep (laughs) and then you wake (laughs) up and then you go again and then you hope that you get a little bit more sleep um i did i mean i did a few very light maybe like film projects um here and there but um you know i was so busy doing that and then eventually uh building in work uh, outside of the program into my schedule that um, I didn't really have a lot of time for that um, yeah, to be yeah. a freelancer. But I think at the same time, it kind of 
benefited me in the sense that um, I had a greater sense of wonder with the projects that I did do because it felt more exciting um, because they were far and few between. Hmm. Yeah. So upon graduation, did you, like, how did Bill T. Jones come about? Did, was that rather quick or did you go to a lot of auditions, travel? So I'm going to do, I'll do kind of the, I'll do the medium length <laughs> version of this story. Um, so when I, um, I had my first year, I had actually had a reconstructive surgery on my foot. So the pro, the NYU program is normally three years, two summers. So I ended up doing four years, uh, two summers. Um, so I took a medical leave of absence. I came back, I changed classes, um, kind of, you know, took a longer road for recovery, but the school was really gracious in letting me back in. And I had also had a full scholarship. So they gave me my, my money back and, um, were very okay with me coming back and, um, taking kind of baby steps. So it wasn't really until the last year that I was there that I was really fully, um, able to move again and to, to jump and, you know, to releve and in second, even was even my last year was kind of difficult for me. Um, and in the last year we have this thing called the, uh, second Avenue dance company. Um, the, the dance building is located on second Avenue. So second Avenue dance company, and they bring in guest choreographers and it kind of becomes this, um, mini, uh, company, if you will. And that year, we had uh, Bill come in and uh, we were also doing a Cunningham mini event and uh, another choreographer, Corbas Cruz, and um, one other choreographer. And at the time I was already in a student piece and this Cunningham event and um, the people that were doing the Bill T. Jones audition were kind of you know, sour, they really wanted, they were like really begging me, like, please, can you, you know, do this? And I'm like, I'm sorry, like the, you know, this is the rules of the university. I can't do this. Um, eventually someone later in the year who was in that cast uh, left and, you know, was kind of like, well, we need someone to fill in. Like, can you fill in? So I learned this piece called uh, Ravel Portrait or Landscape over my <laughs> spring break while I was <laughs> flipping burgers. And, um, <laughs> And I came into rehearsal and um, we had one day of rehearsal and kind of put the whole piece together. And I just remember having this really great time kind of moving my body in, in the way that it was, the material was being taught to me. Um, and then now this is going to sound, this is where the story gets kind of sounds a little absurdist, but I promise it's all true. So <laughs> the, the building next door exploded um, there was a gas explosion. Um, it was a Palm Freeze, which is like a, this Belgian fries restaurant. There Love was, that restaurant. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, there was. So, so, um, I mean, like I'm laughing about it. It was very tragic. Um, a few people did pass. So there was this huge oh. gas explosion. And at the time we were rehearsing and we thought they were doing some load in in the theater upstairs and they were being loud. Um, and then we looked out the window and it was like, you know, there's flames everywhere. And so um, the next day, Bill was supposed to come into rehearsal. And that was the first time Bill was coming in. So you can imagine everyone in college is like, oh, my God, Billy Jones coming into rehearsal. You know, everyone's trying to be on their best game. And then we're not able to rehearse in the space. So 
NYU gave us Skirball, which is this great theater that's on the south mm. end of Washington Square Park. And we had this, I mean, for me, I had this wonderful experience of meeting Bill the first time. And he was really, um, he was very uh, questioning and kind of difficult with us, but I, I actually really quite enjoyed the challenge um, of his presence with us that day. Um, and I just remember leaving um, after performing this piece, <laughs> you can imagine like the nerves is like, you learn this piece off a of video, you've rehearsed it with everyone for literally four hours, a building blows up. And then the next day, Bill T. Jones is like watching you perform it in a theater. So yeah. it was kind of um, this, it was just, there was so much going on, but it was this really kind of amazing, empowering moment for myself. Um, and ironically enough, the next day I went to go get out of bed and I, I fell over and I looked down at my foot that I had the surgery on and it was like massive. Um, so I ended up not being able to, um, to walk again for a while. So I ended up graduating in, in a wheelchair and I watched the shows um, in the handicap section of the SADC show. So I ended up not being able to do any of the pieces in the end. Oh, my gosh. Um, which, was, which was quite sad, but it was a very big learning process for me. Um, and because of the metal and the scar tissue in my foot, um, it, they weren't really able to figure out exactly the cause of why that happened. Um, so eventually they were like, here's a wheelchair and a cast. And you know, good luck. Like, we'll just let it heal and see what happens. Huh. Um, so I had actually stopped dancing for um, really the whole, that whole summer um, for the greater part of the year, probably like eight, nine months. Um, I just was doing physical therapy. I was, I moved on from burgers to uh, ice cream, scooping <laughs> ice cream um, in the summer. And um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think I lost interest for movement and for dance, but I think a part of me felt a little, um, I felt a little burned and I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to commit myself again, you know, to mm. this craft that it's already feels like a lot because, you know, your body and your time and, and your energy and all of your focus and these things you've been doing for years and years and years. And then, you have these outside things, these doctors saying, oh, I, you know, I don't think you'll be able to dance again, but, you know, we'll see. And, you know, and you're in a wheelchair and it's just, and you're in the city. It's, it's kind of a lot. And um, I wasn't really sure if that's what I wanted to do, but I still really enjoyed it. And I watched, I mean, I, I'm always watching lots of dance um, in all kinds of uh, places. So I was doing that a lot. Um, but in, in the fall, um, when I was feeling better and walking around and starting to be, you know, more active and kind of jogging a little bit and going to the gym. I had a friend that like, Hey, you know, you should come to this, uh, this big audition. Like, um, it's going to be Kate Weir and, uh, Brian Brooks and Kyle Abraham. Like you should come. It's a free audition, which I can't believe that we have to talk about how cool it is to have a free audition. Um, when he's sad, but, um, so he's like, you know, you should come. It'll be like a free class. It'll be really good. They're really good for you. Um, I went to this audition and it was like, oh, man, it was like, wow. I just, I really do love moving my body like this. Um, and I 
ended up getting a job with Kyle Abraham and uh, Brian Brooks. And then I turned down Brian Brooks to work with Kyle Abraham for a bit. Um, and then after about a month, I unfortunately was for reasons that I actually don't, I, I never found out. I was let go from, um, from Kyle Abraham's company, uh, Abraham Emotion. And so after that, then I was really sour about it. And I'm like, that's it. Like, I really am done. This. <laughs> I'll just do something else in this city. Like, you know, I'm creative. I'm, I'll figure out something to do. Um, and then out of nowhere, I get an email from Janet Wong, who is the associate artistic director of um, the company and New York Live Arts as well, which is a nonprofit that we um, are merged with. And all the email said was, um, hey, you know, what are you up to? Um, we're looking for a male dancer. Are you available? That was it, verbatim. That was the whole email. And um, <laughs> me being the kind of uh, person I am was like, yeah, I'm available. Like, I'm sure I'll come in. And um, all of the jobs, I was working five jobs at the time, and none of the jobs wanted me or would allow me the time off to go into rehearse with them for a week. So I essentially quit all my jobs to go into this kind of <laughs> invited audition, um, kind of like rehearsal thing. And um, at the end of the week, I noticed that there wasn't anyone there because, you know, there was maybe 20 people. And, um, you know, then the next day there was 15 and there was 10. And then, you know, Thursday there was like, Four people and I would get a call from Janet um, being like, hey, like, you know, can you come back tomorrow? And I would keep coming back. And then the last day I noticed no one was there and I was learning something. And she she came over to me and she put her hand on my shoulder and she's like, um, she's like, oh, did I did I tell you? And I I said, oh, what? You know, expecting her to give me some correction or some note on this movement. She goes, oh, yeah, by, by the way, you got the job. And walked away, <laughs> and I was like, you know, collapsed. I was like, uh. Um, oh my gosh! So yeah, I mean, it's a really quite a wild story. But then at that yeah. point, I was like, okay, I'm doing something. This is what I like. This is maybe what I really should be doing. Um, and uh, you know, Bill's company is a very notorious uh, company, and many in many amazing ways. Um, I mean, notorious in the good sense, and. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're celebrating, this is our 40th year this year. And um, I remember actually in, when I was at SBCPA, uh, Sarah Jacobs was teaching like a dance history course. And, you know, we had this, you know, we could choose one of these three pieces and these choreographers and kind of, you know, just, you know, write a few paragraphs on it. And I remember I had watched um, the first movement of D-Man in the Waters, which is set to Felix Mendelssohn's um, string octet in E-flat major, which was like, at that time, because um, I really loved classical music, was already one of my favorite pieces of classical music. And mm -hmm. I saw um, them perform D-Man in the Waters. And for people that are listening that know um, D-Man in the Waters or have seen D-Man in the Waters, it's like this incredible tour de force of um, athleticism and um, and I would say even spiritualism as well. I think this piece is... is um, there's a lot of catharsis, personal catharsis in this piece, I think, for people that perform it just because it pushes you so far and it is so um, difficult. And I think that's also why, why it's so amazing to, to watch. It's like 
them watching the company members trying to really work through this thing that's like almost impossible. Um, and when I joined the company, that was the first piece that I had uh, performed, actually. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, there's a, like so many full circles yeah. um, everywhere. So Yeah, like the path of, of just how it kind of had all these touch points for you. Yeah, movement and even just the idea of coming being turned away from movement and coming back to movement and also, you know, admiring Bill's work. And um, yeah, it's just kind of a, it's a wild story. And now it's been <laughs> seven years. So that's, that's also crazy to me is that it's, I've been there that long because it still feels, there's still so many parts of it that feel um, new to me. Mm, that's so great. I mean, how much more can you ask for with you know, having that, such vast experience within it and then having that still the newness. And I don't know, I, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Bill's work and, and have always enjoyed kind of similar to what you were saying with kind of the challenging, uh, you know, political side of things and how he, he really speaks his voice and then gets that out in the work as well. Like, yeah, just, you know, it's such, like movement is, is, as a spiritual practice, but it's also woven very closely with identity politics. And, um, you know, Bill talks a lot about in general, has been talking about the idea of uh, what is, what is politics, you know, what is being political. And a lot of it is just about how power is shifting around. And I think, yeah, he has this um, kind of amazing, strong, uh, vision and a, and a voice that I think he is not afraid to share. And I think yeah. that is what is really cool to see. Um, even he, you know, he just turned 70 and he's still making work just as strong as he was 40 years ago. Yeah. Incredible. And I know that you've had a lot of opportunities within the company to collaborate and create alongside Bill can you share a little bit about what that process looks like? Yes. Um, this was something that actually, I think a lot of people ask me and something, it's something that I really think a lot about. Um, and I think what I've come to realize that at the beginning of really any creation process, of course, there's some sort of spark of inspiration, but in terms of getting into the studio and, using the body as the tool, I think it's always about creating a movement language for whatever it is that we are trying to um, tackle. I think a lot of it is, um, is shape-based, uh, whether the shapes become movement or whether the shapes become their own sort of um, language within the piece. But, um, you know, Bill and Arnie, when they were younger, they were really interested in a lot of um, experimental filmmakers like Stan Brackage and um, became kind of obsessed with the idea of being able to take each frame um, out of the film and highlight it. So I think um, from that point on, he started creating a lot of um, a lot of movement and a lot of different kinds of languages around shapes. Um, whether it's, um, there's a couple of famous solos that he does where he's 
referencing, you know, Muhammad Ali or David, you know, things that shapes in real life. And sometimes it's also, um, as he refers to like (laughs) the Trisha Brown method, where it's like drawing the stick figures um, and trying to figure out the ways to go in between them or just, you know, using the body purely as an architectural form in space. Hmm. How many works have you created now with, with Bill? I have created, I think, nine, wow. eight or nine, and I've performed, I think the count the last time was like 15 pieces total, I think I've performed. Um, the first year when I joined the company, we were doing uh, D-Man and also an older piece, Continuous Replay, and a few other chamber music uh program pieces, uh, story, um, spent days out yonder. And then we also did, uh, many people have seen story time, um, where Bill is sitting in the middle and, uh, reading the stories. Um, and then we also were finishing this trilogy of pieces, uh, that I jumped in on the last two. Uh, lately we had just finished a premiere of a larger work, Deep Blue Sea, which is, um, which, which is at the Park Avenue Armory and essentially is the space is like the size of a football field. It's in this huge drill hall. And it was, uh, Bill as a solo Bill and the company and then, um, 89 community members. So a hundred people total, um, moving through, through the space in this piece. And then we also did a smaller version of that piece. What problem, um, afterwards there's just i mean the repertory is so um diverse there's i think each i would say like each chunk of time i kind of call it in the company i think the style of of movement in the pieces even though it's still under bill's umbrella has felt very um, different for me Hmm. and i meant to ask how is it that janet like just called you up or <laughs> sent you a message like the funny obviously thing, seeing you at NYU yeah. or yeah so she was she was the one that was um her and a few of the company members at the time were setting the piece at NYU so I had met her in the audition and then when I went back to rehearse it with them um and then she was at the show as well at um at NYU but at the time um I remember <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget um I was riding in the elevator down and I was sitting in my wheelchair and she was standing next to me and she said, um, you know, what are you doing after, after you graduate? And I think I said some smart ass comment, like, Oh, you know, walking. Um, (laughs) so in, in the interim time after that, I, every once in a while, um, because she said, you know, like if you start dancing in me, she's like, maybe, you know, you know, hit us up or something, or maybe, you know, see what we're up to. Um, and uh, so I had messaged her a few times, but um, she's like, oh, sorry, we're on tour, or we're off right now. Or um, And it just so happened that that day I was on the train talking with my friend, and I was like, man, I haven't heard from Janet. Like, I wonder what they're up to right now. And then I literally got off the train, and I refreshed my email, and that was the first thing at the top mm-hmm. was email from her. So... Um, yes, that was how I was introduced to her. Yes, you're NYU. Yeah. Well, and I think it's nice also, Shane, like, I don't know, this is going to sound kind of funny maybe, but 
you certainly went through struggles with that foot, you know, and like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the tenacity and kind of perseverance that you, you know, like you had your out in a way. Yeah, I call it stubbornness as well. Everyone in my family, (laughs) and for anyone in my family who (laughs) listens this far, yes, my family is is very stubborn. (laughs) And, um, but I, again, I think it's one of those things that you have to kind of like take as an advantage um, because I Mm. think it is one of the reasons why I did keep going because I didn't want, I didn't want the other people or the doctors or whatever my circumstance was to tell me, no, I was like, no, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. You're not telling me what I'm going to do, you know? So, um, and that, and that has really taken, taken me far definitely for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that foot is, it just, it was, the recovery was so long and, you know, my, um, I remember my calf muscle and even the muscle in the back of my knees. The first time I started wearing, was able to wear two shoes again. I remember I was, I was walking on the street and someone came up to me and like tried to like help me walk because they thought I was drunk, but it was really because I like my knee would snap back because I didn't have any muscle. Oh god! The back of my knee, um, and mechanically too. Like I think that's also something that has I, I realized now that has kind of channeled my um, educator mindset is having to relearn how to use that foot and also that it mechanically it works different from the other foot it doesn't feel the same to point my feet mechanically on both sides Mm. so moving for a while did really feel like a big you know brain challenge um but in the end you know it was something that i think just deepened my deepened my movement yeah and having that awareness yeah awareness that's the word yeah well let's i'm gonna shift a little bit now because you, I'm so lucky to be having you as a guest as part of uh, Instinct and creating something of your work. Um, so what? Uh, let's talk about your work. <laughs> yes. Um, well, you know, it's funny that you were talking about earlier about knowing me when I was younger and like always wanting to make things because I guess I don't even remember that. I don't even remember doing that. I just remember being really excited to move like, you know, move a lot huh. and um so i think again going back to that idea that um creating is really important to me i'm always making material um and for me a lot of times my favorite thing to do is when i'm on tour um during the dinner break is (laughs) to go on stage and have my sweaty epiphany because um i'm able to go on stage no one is in the audience no one is in the booth there's probably work lights on stage but it's just me I'm alone and, you know, a really high ceiling. And for some, for some reason to me, that's like, (laughs) I just like the material like pours out. Um, Mm. So I think, you know, creating movement is, is really important to me. Um, And I've been trying to be better about cataloging it lately. Um, And I think also, I think I've been kind of shifting my lens to this sort of, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's something about the minutia of like everyday life that has been really, really um, interesting to me. Um, there is uh, an artist, um, a mu- musical musical artist um, named uh, Claire Rousset, 
who does these amazing um, kind of almost like folly recordings where she's recording machines and people walking and kind of has a light musical touch. And she used to be a percussionist and she just makes these um, incredible compositions that dive so uh, deep so quickly that they become almost like a whole different world um, mm. sound wise. And I think that's something that has been inspiring to me in my own movement. I think a lot of times from a, a, a stylistic standpoint, I'm always, um, I have a hard time slowing down, <laughs> number one, always. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm really working through a lot of um, momentum and figuring out ways to recycle momentum, I think is something that's really important to me. I think that's something that I really got from, from you and, you know, and the Twin Cities and like, you know, taking Aaron Thompson's class and um, figuring out ways to really throw my weight in space and then how to kind of like master and manipulate it. Hmm. So are you talking, I know I've gotten to see several of those little short video clips that Arena is also sharing right now too, but um, you're just improvising out there. Oh, though, no, those are, those are set. Those ones are set. Okay. So you, so, it's something that you've been working on and. Yeah. Kind of... um, I mean, I do, I, Im, an improvisational practice is something that has become really pivotal to me, I think, as a mover. Um, and I would say a lot of those phrases come out of logging improvisations, um, but yeah, I think that's also one thing that I really appreciate about my own movement style is that it's uh, it's kind of idiosyncratic, but it also has a train of thought um, kind of flow to it. To me, at least when I when I when I'm watching, it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure to other people, it's like, what is that, <laughs> you know? But to me, there. I think I try to capture as much as I can my stream of consciousness. Yeah. Well, and I feel like even in the classes that you've done or I've witnessed in the most recent years, like your descriptions of like a hand gesture or something like that, like the clarity that you are describing the movement. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me. I guess I always, I was like, Oh, he's improvising, but it's, it, that's so cool that you're actually practicing or yeah. just da dancing, you know, that logging of, of movement uh, phrases. And I know you teach a lot too. So it's, mm -hmm. it's also like getting that opportunity to, you know, put those phrases together and making something. Yeah. Um, it's funny because originally when you said, oh yeah, these improvisational videos, I was like, wait a minute, these are, you know, but actually I, I'm, I think I'm, I, I think that's actually a really big compliment. Cause I think that's something that I really, that I actually, I, I think it's something that I secretly strive for is that I want, I, I want it to, to look free like that. I want it to, yeah. I want it to look, look and feel, um, free. And the specificity thing too, I think is something um, that I've really gotten, I think definitely from Bill and Janet and working with the company because so much of the movement is task-based. I mean, you, you know, you could start out a phrase by showing it and going, 
you know, that's one way to do it. Or you could say, my chest is pushing my fingertips outward. And as I lean over, my right shoulder comes and touches my knee and my left arm slices across my horizon. You know, so there's, I think it's that kind of um, work with Bill has imported that kind of, that task-based language into my, um, into my own work, which is really challenging because my movement is these kinds of like improvisational practices that breed a lot of the movement that I create are not task-based at all. Hmm. Um, so I'm actually realizing now that I'm talking about it, I'm like doing two, trying to do two opposite things at the same time is that I'm like trying to channel a stream of consciousness, but then at the same time impose this kind of task-based language on top of it to try to give it, I think, um, structure and maybe even a little bit of, um, meaning i think in the in the postmodernist way bill always talks about don't you know don't don't impose movement or, or meaning on it don't impose too much meaning on it the meaning will come from completing the task of the movement in the most purest form that's hmm. that's what, something that he talks about a lot i mean that's something that i think about as a creator is that i don't think when i'm approaching a phrase i'm I'm thinking, oh, I'm, this is a phrase about me being in the Arctic and I'm, um, and I'm going to have some shoes on, you know, I I don't know. I think I approach it from um, a much more abstract uh, place and then try to like funnel it through those things to make clarity and meaning out of it. Yeah. Yeah. When I think you, you've mentioned this earlier too, like you play with um, I, you make these little video clips of imagery and kind mm. of maybe maybe in response to Claire Rousset, was it? Yes, um, yeah, this artist. Yeah, these, well, these, I call them, um, I be, I've, have begun to call them digital collages. Uh, I don't know if that's really the right word yet. Um, I think it's definitely, I would consider it new media, which is, you know, very trendy word in the, in the arts community. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's new media. Um, but it's, to me, it's coming from the idea of really trying to re, uh, re-experience and recontextualize memory through a lens of technology. So these, um, phrases that I record on my phone and pictures that I take of what I'm doing and videos that I take of certain things, you know, like when you go through your camera roll and you're looking at stuff and oh, that was cool. And um, when I think a lot of times when we go and look at these things, you know, we don't, we don't often reinterpret them mentally in real time They're They become almost like um, hyperspeed, like things become really, the memories and the, the way that we interpret them in our brain become so uh, quick and meshed together um, and things become uh, almost can become, you know, over time, new memories, different memories of things. And I think that's one thing that I'm trying to distill in this uh, video work. Sometimes it's very simple. Um, where it's me knocking out a background and doing some sort of uh, sound wave manipulation in the video where the video is kind of moving like a wave. Sometime I'm, hmm. uh, you know, collaging text and uh, 
like gradient overlays and all of these kinds of things. And sometimes there's light 3D animation or stroke generation with masks and textures. But I think it's all about trying to, yeah, distill how we re-experience memory. Um, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes, I mean, this is something that lately I've been trying to really um, focus myself. and I've been writing a lot about it. So that's, I'm getting really heady about it. But um, <laughs> it's something, but it's, it's really, I think, the only other thing besides movement that is really um, inspiring to me. And I think because it's a new craft and something that I'm teaching myself, it's something that has the same excitement to me. Yeah. Where yeah. I think about how I want to... In, in my head, I know what it wants, what I want it to look like. And then I have to just figure it out. I mean, I, I taught myself how to use, you know, Premiere and, and After Effects and, um, you know, these video rendering programs. And so it's exciting. Yeah. Well, and so as I, as we're kind of talking about what excites you and your inspiration uh, in making work and moving, um, big plug here again just i'm i'm super thrilled that arena dances is bringing you and and your craft to our instinct movement intensive coming up here in august and i i love how this happened too shane because i in my mind i'm like i don't want to teach this intensive again and <laughs> you need to open up like i feel like our community here in the twin cities really needs you know ever since xenon uh company closing down um you know having these amazing artists come to town and really get to infuse energy and new information uh so i was like oh i i'm gonna talk to shane and i swear this is probably one of those same kismet you know moments of yeah. you stepping off the subway train and getting that email but i was and you emailed me you're like i kind of want to do something <laughs> somewhere in Minnesota. And I was like, Oh, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, what, what are you planning to, to kind of get out of the intensive and provide for the, your, your hometown community here? Um, one. Yeah. I also loved that too, because I was like, wow, manifestation is real. Um, <laughs> because I was just, I was on this tour and I just, I don't know what it was for whatever reason, 2021, I just felt like was a very low movement year for me, but this year and being on tour a lot again and having that all that time in, in these theaters, I just, I just had so much stuff coming out and all I could think of is like, wow, I need to be, I need to be like creating with people. I need to be doing something. And um, I usually have that urge with myself, but I don't having this urge of like needing to be around other people and make something is definitely something that is new. And I was like, who is someone that I can talk to that understand that knows me as a mover and as a person, but also knows about, um, you know, being independent and like creating something for themselves and working with other people. And I was like, oh my gosh, Matthew. And then I reached out and then it was like, yeah, you want to come do this? And I just, it just worked out just perfectly. Um, and um, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess I am a, a guest artist coming to the city. It feels funny to talk about myself like that, but <laughs> I guess that's what it is. I'm like, no, I'm coming back to like hang out and, you know, but um, I'm, I'm really hoping to kind of, um, you know, I mean, the, the kind of movement that I'm creating is definitely a template for what we're going to be doing. But I think 
I think as the week progresses, it'll become clear that we're all kind of making these things together. Um, and going back to the idea of, of memory, that's something that I'm very much interested in trying to work into the movement and how it connects to other people, whether their memories are interconnected or not, or how it translates to movement or, um, or sound. Um, I think it's just about, you know, creating together um, and creating something that is very specific to the group of people. And I think that is what will become interesting about whatever it is that we make. I mean, of course, I have some ideas in my head where, you know, I have this phrase and I'm like, oh, that'll be really cool as like a trio. And then this happens and then oh, maybe mm. we should try this sound. You know, I have some kind of ideas like that, but I think I'm really just excited to be in the studio with people and to make stuff. I think it'll be a really... Um, awesome <laughs> I, I don't want to i don't want to like water down that word but i think it will be awesome yeah oh and i'm i'm super excited i mean again i i love how you move and you know getting to experience through the years you through video and having you teach uh, here and there for the arena when you're in town you know it's just like oh i'm just so hungry or excited to share that with dancers here in the community. And I love it that you're very similar to what, how I want to collaborate and work with people is that, you know, you're working with the, who's in the room, exactly, um, exactly. which is, I just think is so necessary uh, oh, personally, honestly. And that's, and, actually, that's something that Bill talks about a lot too, that I, that's one thing that I really love about him is he's always saying it's always about who's in the room. What, you know, no matter who it is, it's, it's those kinds of things I think you have to just be open and receptive to. And I think that's where the most interesting things are created is that are so that are so um, things that are so unique and uh, specific are the things that are the most novel to people watching it. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you have a real clear, like little container of the ideas that, you know, a trio with this phrase and things like that, but then how it evolves and mm -hmm. becomes something is completely in the moment and of that week. I'm sure I'll come in with like 30 pages of stuff written down in my notebook and I won't look at anything. That's usually what happens, <laughs> but it'll be, um, it, I think it'll be, it'll be really fun. Um, and I'm hoping to, um, with the kind of conversations to have with whoever is there, I'm hoping to actually be able to build um, a sound score that evolves throughout the week with the people in the room as well. So I think mm. um, that will be another really exciting component that it'll be probably not entirely original, but I think it'll be contextualized in, a, in, a, in an extremely original way. Hmm. Nice. I like it. Well, Shane, I, you know, again, <laughs> I have so admired watching your trajectory and path with dance. And, you know, I, I'll readily admit that I'm living through you a little bit sometimes um, in getting to see your performances with Bill and traveling and touring. You know, I, I had that way back for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just nice to kind of follow you in that way and, and be so 
proud and excited for for how, what you're doing um, that you've continued to I don't know I think it it's really cool how you you've brought me along in that as well like you you kept this connection uh, to Minnesota and you know and to, to me specifically as well it, it really means a lot to me so um, and yeah and you the same as as well as like as I'm looking to kind of again, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be 30, but it's like this next sort of chapter in my career where um, I'm not done learning, but I'm ready to do other, I'm ready to move on to the next phase. And it kind of seems, um, it it kind of just seems right that you're the person that's helping me uh, to do those kinds of things. Just like it was, you know, 15 years ago or however many years ago it was. Um, It's like, here we are again, like trying to like, you know, we're both supporting each other and trying to, you know, do this thing that is, you know, support artists together. And yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing uh, really a glimpse of your story with us here today as part of Studio Stories. And uh, there's so much more we can learn from you and about you and um, the performances you do with Bill T. So thank you so much. You're welcome very much. Thanks for joining us today. Studio Stories is taking a break. We'll see you for season eight shortly.